Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of From the Helm Boating Broadcast. My name is Kelly, and down there is Lisa. And today we have Jeff Hammond, who is the founder of BoatTest.com, and Steve Larrabee, who is the captain, which I'm sure a lot of you have seen uh, captain a lot of those boats out there on BoatTest.com as well. So how are you guys doing today? Great. Great. Happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. And this is a, a really good opportunity. You know, there's a huge following for you guys uh, in, in the boating community and all over the internet in talking about all things boating. So I'm sure that our viewers out there will definitely get a, a wealth of knowledge from the two of you on all things boating. So let's just kick off. Uh, if you guys want to start, I'll start with Jeff. Uh, Jeff, you want to just tell us a little bit about, a little bit about where you're at today and, uh, and what, what you have going on. Well, I'm in uh, I'm in Jamaica, Vermont, uh, <clears throat> in my daughter's uh, recreation room, and uh, uh, this is a house inhabited by two little ones. So uh, <laughs> you might hear them rumbling around uh, from time to time, and um, and so I'm up in the I'm up in the woods, and uh, we were even uh, visited by a bear two nights ago wow. uh, outside. Hope uh, gladly and. Uh, in any case, uh, that's where I am. The rest of the staff is scattered around. Our home office is in uh, in in um, in Stamford, Connecticut, uh, but we're all working remotely now. And so uh, we've got a fella in Maine and uh, some people in White Plains and Stamford and Norwalk and uh, Florida. And uh, of course, Steve's up in uh, in um, Cape Cod. Well, thank goodness for the kind of technology that we have and we're using today, right? I mean, uh, right. it allows people to continue to work and do what they do to get the, the boating message out there. Uh, so how about you, Steve? Uh, we just heard uh, you're in Cape Cod, correct? Yep, Yarmouth, Cape Cod in Massachusetts. And, you know, just a little plug for Cape Cod. Of all the places that I have been around the world with boat tests, I haven't found a place I would rather live than right here in Cape Cod. I absolutely love it here. What makes Cape Cod so special? Well, I mean, I'm right next to the water. Um, it's a yeah. seaport community. No matter where you are, you're in a seaport community here. So um, that kind of set the tone for what I was going to do for the rest of my life, I guess. Um, and it's 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 everybody knows everybody, especially in the off season. It's a very tourist oriented area in the summertime. But in the off season, you can sit in any restaurant and there's probably three degrees of separation between you and the person next to you. You just start playing the oh. What year did you graduate? Oh, then you know this guy and this guy, and then suddenly it comes together. It's, if you don't know the person next to you, you know someone who knows that person. Yeah, and then it's, it's, you it's, meet them. Closing the gap, right? So exactly, you exactly. <laughs> so, Steve, we'd like to start with you. Could you tell us uh, the history of you in the world of boating? Uh, you know, how did you get your start, and uh, how did you kind of find your way uh, through the those waterways of your career? Well, again, because I grew up on Cape Cod, um, you, you have to be involved in boating in one way or another. Uh, we ended up having our family boats at a marina right down on Bass River here. And I was on it just continually uh, from age of three. Um, and then it just came to the point where suddenly at this marina, commercial boats started pulling into the marina and docking there and running out of there. When I was 15, one of the captains came over and said, hey, do you want to be a mate on the fishing boat for us? And, you know, back then it was like, wow, really? Do you think I can? <laughs> Me? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I did that. I put in my seat time for three years. And then the next evolution was 
to sit for my captain's exam. And I, I did that and have been a captain ever since. So it's been a, a great career. Who knew where it would take me? And I think we have a, a picture if I can, uh, if I'm going to have to hide myself here for a second, but uh, I, I have to bring this one up because this is great. So here we go. <laughs> so what year was this? Tell us a little bit about this story. Is this uh, when you're getting uh, your captain's license? That would be 1979 right there. So yeah, <laughs> 70s were rough on everybody. <laughs> That's some cool hair. Yeah, I was going through my Brady Bunch phase, I think. <laughs> and I think you nailed it. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? Uh, how, how did you, uh, let's let's start from the beginning with you. And, uh, you know, how did you get your start and, and to where you are today? Uh, it was uh, a, a, a sort of an unusual way to start, other than uh, going fishing up in Canada uh, with my dad uh, on little outboard uh, powered boats. Uh, uh, I think we've all done that. And then in high school, I went to uh, went water skiing up in northern Indiana lakes. Uh, but I, I really got my start um, uh, at the uh, Olympics in uh, 1968 in, uh, in Acapulco. Um, I was uh, uh, down there as a freelance writer and uh, I started working for the Olympic Committee. And I uh, ended up uh, uh, I, I wrote articles for them and so forth for different publications, and they got all their writers together one day, and they said, okay, we have to produce the official memoria of the 1968 Olympic Games. And they they went through all the sports, uh, uh, javelin throwing and, and field hockey and one thing and another, gymnastics and swimming, and, and they'd say, who is an expert on that? Hold up your hand, and who's an expert on that? Okay, you're doing the chapter on that sport. You're doing the chapter on that sport. We got to um, uh, Olympic sailing, which was in Acapulco. And they said, who here knows uh, anything about sailing? Uh, who's an expert on sailing? And I looked around. Nobody put their hand up. So I put my hand up. And <laughs> they said, okay, Jeff, you're the, you're the fellow writing the chapter on Olympic sailing. Well, the extent of my sailing at that point uh, was um, being ballast on a thistle on the water reservoir in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. And, uh, my friend uh, and his, his mother had a boat, and when it, when it was windy, they'd bring me along uh, to be ballast, and they'd shift me from one side to the other. So that was oh. my experience. <laughs> and, um, and so that's how it started. Um, I was down in Acapulco for two weeks. I had my own boat, my own driver. Uh, I stayed in Olympic Village, and I started learning about uh, sailing uh, from the experts because all the experts were there. Lowell North and uh, people like that were there, and and so that's how I started it. So it was an opportunity. You, you took advantage of an opportunity that was sitting in front of you. You could have gone either way and said, well, I don't know if I know enough, but at the same time, you're like, well, I know enough to get started on this and then I'll, I'll pick up the pieces along the way. Get into sailing or be an Olympic athlete. It was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a hard one. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, I learned a lot in two weeks and I wrote the chapter, turned it in, was ready to come back to the United States. And uh, to make a long story short, the other people flaked out and I ended up spending a year in Mexico City uh, with stacks of newspapers and a translator, and I wrote the whole book. So, 
the, yeah, I wrote the official memoria um, secondhand uh, for, the, for, for uh, all the sports. In any case, I learned a lot about that. But in the process, I made contact with a magazine up in the United States in Annapolis, Maryland called The Skipper. And they were kind enough to offer me a job after about a year. And I was tired of Mexico by that time. And, and I said, I'll take it. And uh, once I went up to Annapolis, I'd never seen it before. It was a beautiful town back then. We're talking about 1969 or 70 now. 69. Mm -hmm. It was undiscovered. And, uh, and I said, man, I'm taking this job. And again, luck, luck. Uh, <laughs> I worked for two people who were salty as can be. They knew ocean racing and, and they were experts on boating. And again, I had a, a one-year uh, education. Yeah. Well, you learned on the job. And I think that that's a, a big part of uh, any any time you, you become successful learning on the job. Is there anywhere that they can find these uh, this documentation or anything that you wrote in the past? Would there be a place online or somewhere where they could find that? That'd be kind of cool. Uh, uh, no, uh, <laughs> not really. Uh, but in getting ready for this, uh, this uh, encounter here, I, I pulled together a lot of old pictures and things like that. And and so we may do it. We're thinking about about uh, doing that. Well, and we'll be sure to, to share a lot of the photos, too, uh, as we uh, pr provide this uh, out to the masses. So you guys can check out the pictures uh, for sure. So, Lisa, what kind of questions do you have for these two uh, seafaring individuals? I have so many questions. So um, I'm going to I'm going to stick on Jeff for a minute. So I, I know that you have a quite extensive writing career. And how did that how did that come like from writing into boattest.com and what we know it today? Um, I, I majored in uh, creative writing in college and, um, and my, it was very hard because the Vietnam war was going on. It was hard to get a job. And I finally got a job as a copywriter for an ad uh, industrial ad agency in Indianapolis. And that was that, that education has held me in good stead uh, in the boating business. Uh, yeah. because it's essentially industrial writing. And um, and then I went freelancing. You've heard the Mexico story and then started working for the Skipper magazine in Annapolis and, and um, of course, wrote the book on the Olympics. And then I wrote a couple of other books, one on um, uh, the America's Cup. That was published in 1974. And uh, because I had done so much ocean racing in the early 70s, when I was the ocean racing editor of Yachting Magazine, um, I knew all the top racers. I'd been on most of the top boats and and uh, had wonderful uh, education from people like Rod Stevens and and Dennis Connor and and uh, many Bill Ficker and others. And so anyway, uh, I was able to write a book called Ocean Racing Around the World with uh, two other authors. Uh, one did England. One did Australia, and I did the United States. Wow. All right. So you definitely immersed yourself in, in writing. And uh, how did that, uh, so did that, was that kind of like your first boat test review when you took a boat around the world and, and wrote about it and decided, hey, I need, to, I need to do this with more boats? Or how did boattest.com come up? And before you answer that real quick, I just want to let everybody know at home. Uh, so I just brought up boattest.com. 
so as he kind of talks about it a little bit, we're going to provide you just a little bit more information on the website. And also, uh, and, and we will definitely get into this, but the virtual boat show uh, at forboattest.com. Uh, first thing you see on the website, and, and we will definitely talk about that. So that's going to be exciting. That is exciting. Right. I, that's part of my questioning coming up here. Okay. <laughs> All right. So how did boattest.com, the website, get its start? Uh, it, it got its start um, uh, when uh, a fellow who had worked for me at Power and Motor Yacht uh, uh, came to me and he said, um, I have a TV program called Sea Trials and uh, uh, it's a half an hour program and I can't make any money with it. I, I need to be able to have an hour program, but I need an investment for that. And uh, so I so it, that was 1999, and and um, I said, uh, fine, I I will invest in your business, but uh, not not for cable television. I said the future is the internet, and the future is streaming on the internet, and um, so let's let's do what we did at Power and Modiot. Let's do a, a boat test online, and and so uh, that was. That was what we did. And at that time in 1999, two things came together, um, video on demand and uh, version four of QuickTime. And so this made it possible for people with PCs and Macs to stream video. But of course it was the days of the, uh, of dial-up. If you remember those days, uh, <laughs> you know, it was horrible. and. Um, and so uh, we were premature, but we knew we were premature and we had to be premature. So we wanted to, to get the high ground and we said, we're gonna, be, we're gonna be early at this, but we're gonna do it. And so we started streaming with 100, uh, 100 videos that my uh, co-founder, his name uh, uh, was Chris Kelly. And uh, Chris was a, uh, was a wonderful fellow. Unfortunately, he, he passed away a couple of years ago. And, uh, and so he had had a TV program. He'd been making the videos, so he had 100 videos. So we started on September 15th, 2000, with 100 videos, and we were the first uh, in the marine industry to, to, to stream video. And, uh, and, of course, we were doing boat tests at the same time, so we were the first on the Internet with boat tests. So there were a lot of firsts when we, 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 we started back in those days. Wow, I mean that's that's amazing to come to market with a hundred videos just right off the bat. So I mean, excellent. All right, so we've got the idea, and obviously a very talented writer. So Captain Steve, how how did you join the boat test crew? That's actually kind of an interesting story. Um, I had developed an online, not an online, but a, a DVD boat test course or boating course, and. I posted some of the videos on YouTube and one of them was how to pee off of your boat without falling overboard. <laughs> so <laughs> that uh, got the attention of Jeff Hammond who took a look at it. Then he reached out to me and said, uh, you know, this is pretty cool. Do you have any more? I said, well, yeah, frankly, I've got 10 hours more because it was a, a whole box set uh, of a boating course. That ended up evolving to where he and I made an arrangement where I rebranded it, the BoatTest.com Smart Boating Course with Captain Steve. 
and we started selling them on boat test and have been doing it ever since. And it's been a great relationship, but that ended up leading us a little bit further forward to Jeff reaching out one day and saying, how do you feel about making videos for us? And it was the same reaction I had with the boat back when I was, you know, 15. Gee, really? Do you think I can? (laughs) So uh, I said, sure. And the first, uh, video that I did for boat test was on the sea keeper gyro. Wow. It was basically, I just showed up at the Norwalk boat show. So it was easy for me to do. It was a a two hour drive from my house. And, uh, I went down there, met the crew and it was really interesting. They put me next to a sea keeper gyro, their cameraman, you know, put me next to it, set up the camera, set up the lights, put a microphone on me and then went, okay, go. And I was like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> you know? Like, what do you mean go? Where's my teleprompter? Where's my makeup girl? My Winnebago? <laughs> None of which were forthcoming, by the way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, I ended up just winging it. I flat out winged. You know, they they said just talk about what you know, and so I did, and filled up a video. And at the end of it, I said. Uh, the, the, for the first time, my my now infamous line that is the most copied in the industry, we'll see you on the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you bring up a good point, too, is, uh, you know, a lot of times people expect uh, uh, or when you're going into it, you expect to have this huge production. But what a lot of viewers are looking for is they want the expertise and the information and the knowledge that comes from somebody that understands what it is they're they're looking at. So you 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 mentioned you know Seakeeper or any boats that you're on, you're you're coming to them with with a wealth of knowledge from years and years of working with these different uh, boats and and technologies. So that's really I think where where the true uh, success comes from is is your guys is willing to take your knowledge from yourselves and then teach others all about these different boats and different technologies and innovations in the industry. And the interesting thing is for every job that I've had in the industry, whether I worked for someone or with someone, it was always people teaching me along the way. Right from when I was 15, I was always getting tips and pointers from somebody along the way. And I don't know if I draw that out in people or not, um, but it, it was hugely advantageous. And it stuck with me. So whenever I'm working with somebody, anytime I have crew on board with me, I will always teach them something and, you know, make it a learning experience wherever we go. And that just kind of evolved into me making this video boating course um, that's been doing really well. It's something I really enjoy doing. And it, it took me to where I am today. So it's it's really neat. Right. Is video boating, boating course still online. Is that still available for people? It is Smart Boating with Captain Steve. It's on smartboatingdvd.com. And it's also on uh, every newsletter that uh, Boat Test sends out at the bottom of it. We, we yes. promote it there. There it is, right there. And now that started out as being a certification course. I wanted to make it easy for everybody to get their state certification at home without having to go to these monotonous classes and, you know, go right. every night for a week or 10 days, 14 days, however long it ends up being. Um, so it started out as a, a certification course. I had worked out with uh, the um, National Association of State Boating Law Administrators. They approved it first right away because it had so much content in it. And right. then I had to work with each individual boating law administrator from each state and get them to approve it for their state. And that was more of a, a difficult battle because a lot of them just don't want to let go of the, the reins and Mm-hmm. Say, no, well, somebody else can teach this and not us. Um, 
So there were there were 35 to 40 states that said okay, and 10 kind of held on to you know their grasp and wouldn't approve it. But they said this will approve you for taking our test. So they still get their money. They still get the fees. You know, yeah. And and it you know worked out that way. Then I decided that um, the only people that were looking at the course and viewing it were going for certification, not the people that just wanted to brush up and get tips and pointers and things like that. So I took the certification off and it just went nuts after that. Yeah. Who, who would have thought? <laughs> but the thing with that boating course is that it brings the experiences that I've made all along my career and the tips and pointers that I've gotten from so many people are in that video course. And I think that's the difference between what we do at Boat Test and uh, other reviewers will do. We bring a real world experience into mm -hmm. the videos that we do. For example, the, the tests, we can't get, you know, pick the weather we want. So if it's really a, a snotty day and, you know, the weather is just not cooperating, sometimes we'll just go out and do it anyway and flat out say, we could not test this in ideal conditions. So these will be real world numbers, but here's what we got. Top speed was, and it, it works out really well. Um, sometimes we do get good numbers, sometimes not so good, but it depends on the day. And that's what we bring to the table. It's a real world experience. It's not, well, it's it's genuine too, and it's uh, it's it's outside looking in. You're you're you know not the the manufacturer saying, well, let's just wait for those perfect seas. Let's say let's let's test this thing in how a customer would actually use this product, and uh, so they can they can see for themselves. And none of our videos are taken in the the magic hour. We just <laughs> do when it is, where it is, how it is. So I mean, there's noise in the background. There's you know the travel yeah. moving. You know things like that, a plane flying overhead. We just go for it. It's real world and it's, it's really appealing to me and to the people that are seeing it. I like it that way. Well, when you start in the boating industry at the age of 15 and you're clearly a sponge for knowledge, it, it, it's <laughs> thank you so much for bringing that information to the masses and your partnership with Jeff and BoatTest.com. It's grown significantly. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, just for all our viewers out there, if you have any questions for uh, Captain Steve or Jeff, please drop mm -hmm. them in the comments. Uh, we'll definitely make sure to get you all the information you need to know. Um, I'd love to show uh, the, the Who We Are video uh, from VoteTest.com. Just um, kind of a, a great visual overview of, of what people can expect if they're not familiar with the website and you know why they should be. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to play this and then we'll, we'll chat about it afterwards here. So let me bring it up.
That was great. Yeah, definitely a, a visual representation of the breadth of product that you test and also examples of some snotty weather. We saw some <laughs> uh, some holes completely out, out of the water there. Perfect so, example, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, clearly, there's obviously boat tests on, on the website, and that's a lot of the information you provide. But I mean, in 2020, uh, we you have some new programs. Um, I'd like to just kind of dive into some of these. And I know uh, the leasing program is fairly new. Um, Jeff, could you talk a little bit about the leasing program and just let the, the people know what it's all about? Yes. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, the boat, the number of new boats sold each year now, well, before the before this year was about 30, 25 to 30% of what was sold in 2000. So in the last two, 20 years, uh, new boat buying has uh, plummeted. And the reasons for that are numerous. Our culture's changed somewhat, uh, but also prices have become very high. And nobody's fault. It's new technology that everybody wants, uh, new regulations, ABYC rules, a uh, little bit of inflation, uh, materials are more expensive. All of that has made the boats uh, twice as expensive as they were just uh, about 12 years ago. So what has happened is that people aren't buying so many boats uh, anymore. And so the idea was to, to take boaters from uh, two different groups, the people that could afford boats with the people that really couldn't quite afford boats and put their resources together. And so what we do is we manage boats for people that own them, but of course don't use them very much. A, a little known fact is, is, uh, is the fact that only 25 days a year is the average boat in the United States used, just 25 days a year. So the rest of the time it, it sits in the marina and who hasn't been by a marina uh, that hasn't seen it fall. And, and of course, they're always full. And so the idea was to, to uh, harness that uh, boat um, and then lease it that, that is owned and then lease it out to someone who couldn't afford to buy a new boat but could afford a lease. And just like automobile leasing. So uh, today, 31% of the boat, of the cars on the road are lease cars and the most expensive ones, it's 70%, so the Mercedes and the BMWs and so forth, 70% of those on the road are leased. Mm -hmm. and, and so it was the idea of taking this two, these, putting these two groups together. And so the lease money would go to the boat owner, help him defray his uh, operating expenses, help him defray his, his uh, costs of uh, financing, if he's financing it, and so here's how the two groups can help each other. We would be sort of the, the glue that put it together. And so that's the whole concept, making boating more affordable for more people so more boat, new boats can be sold. Well, that's a, an excellent program. So it's not a boat rental program, right? No, it's, no, it, it no. Like you would lease a car, so it's an extended period of time. You're making a commitment. <laughs> Um, so definitely an interesting option for people who I mean, maybe just ha have decided, hey, I'm kind of interested in the boating lifestyle, but I'm not sure I want to own yet. 
So another great option for people that maybe just want to test it out for a year. Yeah, so it's a great way to put their toe in the water. And we have leases that go from one year to five years so they can they can pick uh, what they want. Uh, and of course, it's cheaper at five years than, than one, but it, it's still very affordable. And so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly a good program for that. The other thing is we offer uh, boats that are premium boats. Uh, first of all, they're larger than ones that are usually rented or in clubs. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really outfitted to the nines. They have uh, electric heads and joysticks and twin engines and all of that. Well, excellent. Kelly, did you have something? Nope. No, no, oh. this is great. Um, so I'm just kind of going through the website a little bit. Uh, and of course, you can check this out at boattestleasing.com. So that's boattestleasing.com where you can you can learn all about uh, this leasing program through a uh, boat test. Very cool. Now, are, are there boat tests to uh, to accompany each of the boats up for up for lease? So people yes, can there are. <laughs> of course there are. And uh, the first one we tested uh, was a pursuit uh, uh, dual console 266 and Captain Steve tested it and uh, down in Florida. And so we've got all the numbers. <laughs> well, you got to do it, what you do right all the time, right? Yes. Um, all right. So there's the boat leasing program. Like Kelly said, uh, visit the website for more information. Um, another uh, really cool thing that you guys are doing that I wanted to talk about is your weekly video webcast. And I know, Steve, you are the star of that and, and instrumental in putting that together. Uh, will you talk a little bit about your weekly webcast and, and tell us what it is? Sure. That came about because uh, we weren't traveling anymore. We weren't going on, on boat tests anymore, um, but we still needed to engage uh, our members and come mm -hmm. up with another way to do that. So uh, we decided uh, we would do something online for everybody. And it started out doing it live the first time. Um, and that worked out kind of neat. Uh, we were taking questions as they would come up, um, you know, on YouTube live or, or uh, Facebook live and answering the questions right then and there and getting into some, you know, different tips and pointers and things like that. But, you know, you stumble through that too much. Right. You know, so we decided very quickly that recording it was the better way to go, but still keeping it in this, you know, this atmosphere. I do it right here at my desk with, you know, my living room in the background. And that kind of adds a nice, nice feel to it. And it's been getting more and more popular every week. Um, I don't look too much at the numbers um, because it kind of freaks me out, just like with boat tests. Um, you know, if, if I knew how many people were watching the tests that I do, I would be you know, a deer in the headlights and freaking out, you know, it's easier for me to talk to my buddy behind the camera. Um, yep. And that's how I approach it. But I do know that it's, it's taken off and it's doing better every week. So that's, that's kind of cool that that's happening. Well, that, what kind of content do you cover in your, in the boat test reports? It starts out with news, um, which of course is, you know, based on the COVID-19, who's closed, right. who's not closed, what to do, who's screwing it up for everybody else, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, you know? And then from there, it sort of morphs into uh, a, a different topic. We, we get into um, a little bit of an educational aspect of it. We did reviews on some boats to try and explain um, what things to look for when you're buying a new boat. And that quickly morphed into an interesting little feature called five things you must know. 
And I just talk about five things to look for every time you're looking at a boat to make sure that it's compliant with the ABYC standards and NMA certification, things like that. Because not all boats are. So what's good, what's not so good. And then from there, we do a review of some of the uh, tests that we had done during the week. And then we try to put in an interview uh, with somebody in the in the profession. Uh, we did Yamaha, Formula, Boston Whaler. Uh, it, that's that's kind of neat. We get to actually talk with those people. And yeah. they're, generally, they're very good friends because we've been working together for so long. And that's kind of neat, too. So we can open up a little bit and, and uh, enjoy each other a little bit more. And then from there, I try to bring in a new product, um, you know, show something new. We did a, uh, uh, a radio from ICOM that's got uh, VHF and GPS in it as well. So you can navigate you know, right from this little radio, which is kind of neat. Um, this past week, we did uh, the rescue link from ACR. And um, then after that, it's a close. And the last couple of episodes, I've been trying to add a little bit of lessons in, in life, uh, you know, not that I'm a, a preacher yeah. of, of life's goals, but, you know, this week was teach your kids. Don't command your kids. Make your family be a part of the crew. And, and the best way to teach responsibility is give responsibility. And who knows what happens from there? You know, maybe they'll end up taking the boat out by themselves or, in my case, be a boat test captain. How is this, How is this? you know, this this worldwide issue kind of changing, uh, clearly we can see it's changing the way that people are consuming content. How has it changed for you guys? I mean, this is a clear example of something you're, you're thinking different uh, in, in getting the message out to customers and to boaters alike. Um, you know, how, how has this kind of, in a way, benefited some of the things that you guys are doing from a, a content standpoint and just getting the word out there? Um, well, aside from this weekly show that we're doing, we're, we're just very innovative. Uh, first and foremost. And, uh, you know, he comes up with these ideas that really end up getting a life of their own and evolving. Um, recently, we just started looking into the fact that we're not going to be traveling as much as we were. Um, so how can we do a boat test if we're not traveling and in, in getting those numbers? So the way to do that, uh, is we're working towards getting a testing kit that connects right to the boat. And you can plug a little thumb drive into it and it gets the data as you're, you know, running the boat. You just run the boat up through the numbers and then back down again and then do it in a different direction. And then we'll get the results from that. And it's, you know, you're not going to be able to fake it. You're not going to be able to say, oh, it's a, a 60 knot boat when it was actually, mm -hmm. you know, we're, <laughs> we're going to have the, the actual real numbers, but not be there. Um, so we'll be able to give a more in-depth review of the boat and a written review of it um, mm -hmm. and take content from the builder that, I mean, everybody has content, mm -hmm. right. whatever boat we're going to be on. So we could use their content and run that and sort of repurpose their video with actual numbers that we got during the test. So that's something we're working on. And, uh, you know, it's just coming up with as many ideas as we can to try and keep everybody engaged as much as possible. Keep the machine going. And, and Jeff, have you heard from uh, from viewers uh, during these times? Uh, you know, wh what have you been hearing from them, and how how are you continuing to push out new content uh, uh, from Boat Test uh, while everybody's sitting in their home offices and other places like this? Well, be be because the uh, <clears throat> the weekly uh, program is sort of uh, interactive because there is a section in it when we where we answer readers' questions. 
we've been getting a lot more readers' questions or viewers' questions, I should say, than than before. And uh, in, they're quite good because if one person has the question, usually hundreds of others do too. So we're able to answer those questions. And it, it really gives us more engagement uh, with with our readers and our viewers. And, um, and, and so that's a positive thing. Uh, also, I'd like to point out something. Um, we have, for the first five episodes, uh, rigorously uh, monitored the open and closed boating situation across the country as the states uh, you know, decide, uh, tried to figure out what to do uh, about social distancing. And I think it was very important that we uh, focus on the states that uh, didn't open um, and, and urge them uh, to uh, open up boating and as as did the boating industry of of course in unison and um and so we we monitored that and we talked about it and we campaigned to open with social distancing and uh, they're now all open um and i couldn't help but think about 1991 uh when the u.s congress passed the 10 percent luxury tax um that was 91 it was before uh, Al Gore invented the internet, and we had no way of communicating with voters other than uh, a magazine. And uh, I was in charge of a couple of magazines at the time, and so we wrote editorials about it. But you know, that's that's all we could do. Well, it's a different world now, and uh, with video, we can really focus uh, the the voters' attention on subjects. Uh, to help them and to help the sport. And uh, I think we did that with uh, Captain Steve's coverage in the last five episodes. No, the, the content has been fantastic. And um, I, I commend you both for, for, you know, making a right turn and doing things differently and just jumping in. We, we kind of did the same thing with this show. Uh, people, just because you can't, I mean, boating is, is social distancing. You go out, grab your fishing rod, and go hang out by yourself, or go hang out with just your family. So yeah. as long as you're, you know, respecting people's boundaries in the marina, or you know, when you're, you know, fueling up or getting your snacks, it's it's a safe it's a safe thing to do, you know, with your with your little pod of of people, your little family. So mm -hmm. the voters have not stopped wanting content and not stopped, uh, you know, looking for information. So it's it's an amazing thing that you guys are are providing and. I did want to make note, um, they do have, uh, Boat Test has a great newsletter. Uh, so when you do visit their website, make sure to uh, submit your email address because uh, I know that the uh, weekly webcast is in there. Um, uh, a lot of boating tips, obviously boat tests. It's a great mm -hmm. newsletter if you're if you're into boating. I highly recommend it. I get it. I get it every day. I saw my <laughs> episodes coming out. Thank you. <laughs> But we got our eyes on you. We, we <laughs> you have great content. Um, so another piece of, of really cool new technology that we can see on BoatTest.com is you guys are doing a virtual boat show. And I, who wants to start off talking about to, uh, the, the boat show piece? Well, I'll, I'll talk about that uh, because it's it's been a uh, it's it's been a theme of mine uh, right along. I mean, uh, boat test. Uh, 
Dotcom has really always been a, a virtual boat show. Uh, we right. started with 100 boats. Uh, we had about 250 in, in 2002, two years later. And and so we 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 started a, a virtual boat show. We called it World's uh, Greatest Boat Show. And uh, that went along for a while and, and we stopped that. But uh, when this spring, when the spring boat shows closed down, uh, we said, now's the time to do that virtual boat show again. But now we have over 2,500 boats that we can put up. And so we have put up 2,500 boats that uh, we have tested. And in addition to those, we have many other boats that we haven't tested. And so we, we give the, all the specs and the pictures of those boats and uh, uh, builders' comments. So you can compare. So you go to our virtual boat show and you can, you can do it by type. So you can go in and say, okay, I want a center console. Well, we have over 370 center consoles you can look at. Uh, or you want, a, you want a dual console, same thing, uh, about 150 of those. And so there are lots of boats to see, lots of it. Most have videos. Uh, the ones that we haven't tested don't have videos, but they have all the specs, a lot of information. And, and so there you are in the comfort of your home. Uh, you can sort of zero in on, on the boats that are best for you. And that's, of course, that's our reason for being. The boat test, virtual boat show, we're just trying to help people make the right selection for them because the most costly thing to do in boating is to buy the wrong boat because if you do then you, a year later you have to go all over again buy a new boat you have just depreciation on the first one and that's how you lose money in boating so by helping people make the right decision in the first place uh you save them a lot of money yeah and would you guys do you guys have any uh little secret uh, tips in terms of boat buying for our, our uh, viewers out there. Maybe what, what's one tip that you could give somebody when they're looking to purchase a new boat uh, that could help them? Try before you buy. Drive it. <laughs> Drive nice. it. And why do you say that? Why is that the first thing that well, comes to mind? When I go on a boat test, um, the first thing I do is start talking to the representative that's there, the, the product champion. And, um, because we also have to write a long report about this. I want to, you know, draw information out of him or her. And the first thing I'll say is, you know, what makes your boat different than every other one? And I've had, you know, several occasions where they tell me about the innovations on board, the ergonomics that are improved, things like that. And uh, more often than not, it'll always lead to our boats are the best handling boats ever. We've got law enforcement from all over the world wanting to get on these boats just because they're such great handling boats. And then I get on it and it's like, you know, <laughs> you know really, <laughs> this is what you were talking about. But um, it's, it's, that's the great equalizer is driving the boat. Um, e even if you love what you see on board, mm -hmm. drive it. And that'll either drive it home into your garage or drive you to another boat. No, what great. about I'd say that my, my idea of, uh, of something that everybody should think of is be careful, be careful of the good deal. Um, uh, you know, uh, you have to really, uh, look at the boat, inspect the boat. Uh, if, if the, if the boat's a great deal, there's something wrong with it, uh, almost all the time. Um, 
I urge people to buy uh, premium boats. Yes, they cost 15% more. Uh, but then the company stands behind them. The company is more likely to be in business uh, two or three years down the, lo- the line when mm-hmm. you need it. And it, it makes the value of the boat higher. Uh, uh, the brand of, of a boat, when it goes out of business, the prices of the used boats go, go way down. And so uh, buy quality and uh, it'll stick with you. And it, it will, uh, it'll, be, it'll save you money in the long run. I, th- I find that with pretty much any anything you buy, right? I mean, there's always those good deals out there and people love to jump on that bandwagon of it's on sale. So I have to, to get it now. But I find the things that I end up owning the longest are the things that might not be the cheapest, but at the same time, they give you the best possible experience with whatever project be or uh, product, be a, a computer, a car, a, a boat, of course. Um, and, and you did mention too, you know, it's having that backing of a company too, that um, not only do you have the product itself, but how to maintain that product is, especially in the world of boating is extremely important. That's oh, yeah. right. My favorite Jeff-ism that uh, he comes up with is uh, people who are looking for a great deal usually get a great deal less. Ooh. That's, that's a good one. Put that on a t-shirt, Jeff. You got you got it. Right <laughs> Embroider it into a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Excellent. So, all right, we've been talking about boat tests, boat tests, boat tests, but we haven't actually watched any boat tests. Um, We have a couple of uh, uh, pages we want to pull up. Uh, The first one, I think, Kelly, is the Galleon. All right. Five. So we're going to show the viewers what the boat test page looks like. And if you're um, interested in more information about whatever boat, I think the the virtual boat show is a great place to, to start. Um, you could, I like the shop by type feature. If you kind of have an idea of what you want, you can shop by type and narrow it down from there. Um, and then the, I, I like the, uh, shop by brand feature. Maybe you've got a favorite brand. You just kind of want to look at what they have and, um, we'll get into some boat test stuff. Yeah. And real quick. Uh, so if they, uh, sign up for, uh, uh, an account on boattest.com, what are some of the things that they can come to expect? Well, they can expect, uh, first of all, they get the newsletter. Uh, second of all, they get access uh, to uh, all of our uh, content that is not archived. Uh, they can see, uh, they can stream all videos. Uh, and, and so they, they, they pretty much have the run of, of the website. Um, uh, and and right now they they can see all, even the archive videos. Very cool. And it's all right. free, right? No cost to sign up for the website. No, it's free. It's free, and yeah, uh, uh, it's 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 very important uh, for our business because uh, we need to be able to show the uh, our clients that people are looking and researching their boats and. The reason we were formed was to help people uh, research boats. You know, the internet was started um, when it was before the internet, there was the ARPANET and that was between uh, five universities in the Department of uh, Defense. And the whole idea was to share information so research could be shared. Mm -hmm. So when we started boat tests back in uh, 2000, uh, our, our whole mission was to create research. So, uh, it could be shared with the uh, boat buyers. Mm-hmm. 
Well, this is very cool. And, and you know, we, we always talk about videos, um, but a lot of times it's it's combined. It's just the, the information. You were just mentioning information. So not only do you get the video, um, but you also get full specifications of the vessel, um, your engine options, uh, your captain's report, which I'm guessing Steve probably has a few words uh, to say in that area. Um, <laughs> And of course, the, the mission too, and it shows the layout. This is really nice. So you can actually see, uh, you know, in, internally uh, what, what you have, uh, if you have some space for a tender uh, and uh, just so, so many cool things. And of course, uh, you know, these, these galleons are just full of cool features, including areas to sit, but also areas full down sides for, uh, for a bar. So let's just, uh, let's get started here and I'll kind of play uh, this video here. And this is kind of what people can come to expect with uh, BoatTest.com. Let's see if I can bring up the Hi, audio a little Steve bit. for BoatTest.com, and today I'm on the 485 HTS from Galleon. I'm going to put it on a full features inspection and sea trial. There's a hydraulic platform that comes out four feet from the transom, which also has a tender garage. When you lower the platform, the stairs automatically deploy. In this manner, now we have our own private teak beach. Reboarding stairs are over on the left-hand side. And the platform also serves as a tender lift with a capacity of 880 pounds. There are cleats up high outside the trip zone and underneath this hatch, look at this, another cleat. And I'm happy to see that we have storage for the extra dock line. In the closed position, cleans up nicely. Now, we can access the aft deck by stairs to the starboard side. There's an acrylic gate, stainless steel framed, U-shaped seating, a double pedestal table can go in the center. There's space underneath for a life raft. We can also lower the table to form a large sun pad here. And of course, there's a SureShade extended awning that can be extended out from the back of the hardtop. So Steve, while this plays, I, I thought it'd be cool to, if you kind of give a little voiceover, what, when you go into a, a, a boat test like this, you know, what, what are you kind of thinking? How does it, how do you start something like this? Well, uh, this brings up an interesting point that we've already seen that we do things real world. I mean, we noticed when I opened up that tender garage, there was stuff in there. It yeah. wasn't, you know, cleaned out and, and beautified and, and lit up all nice. You know, so what? That's not what we do. Um, mm -hmm. But I kind of just explore the boat as I go through it. I mean, I've seen so many boats. I kind of know what to look for and what I'm going to be seeing. And a situation like this, I can easily talk about what I'm looking at, what kind of things it, it has. And I won't necessarily say I don't like something, but our viewers are pretty savvy and they've figured out the code that, you know, if I say I'd like to see, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yep. that, that's, that's kind of the key, uh, key phrase that I have um, that, that brings probably the worst out in a boat. And, and by worst, I mean, that's not very bad at all. You know, I'd like to see a beverage holder next to the helm. You know, sure. I mean, right. if you don't if you don't have a, a, a soda or a water in your hand, you've got a phone and you need to put it somewhere. Um, so there's a lot of real world already that we've seen just in this video that we bring to the table that you just won't find anywhere else. We try to make it. I mean, look at the pillows. You know, I mean, there's an obsessive compulsive side of me as well. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> um, well, what about galleons? Uh, I mean, what have you seen from the galleon brand now that it's been over in the States for a few years? Uh, you know, what's, what's different about it? That's an interesting question because we uh, went to a boat show. I'm not sure if it was the, the Fort Lauderdale or Miami, but um, we went to review a galleon at the boat show when I showed up before the show opened. Of course, all of the salespeople were there, the uh, factory reps, um, 
the sales managers were all there and I had already reviewed a few of the galleons and they you know, announced in their morning meeting that Captain Steve was here and he's going to be reviewing some of our boats. And suddenly out of the blue, he said, Captain Steve, would you mind saying a few words to us? I caught completely oh. off guard, but um, you know, suddenly I'm in front of you know 30 guys giving my opinion of Galleon. And the right off the top of my head, the first thing that I came up with, I mean, look at this video. The fit and finish on these boats is just unbelievable. Uh, they really take it to the next level. I mean, all the grains are matching. I mean, the the finish, it's a mirror finish. I actually, you know, hold my watch up in front of it and I can tell the time on the watch from the reflection in the, the finish of the wood. Um, at that point, I hadn't had much experience in driving the boats because it was more looking at them at a show or in, a, in an enclosed place and going over the features of the boat. But once I got on, uh, and I think this video that we're going to see here has a, a good example of it. Once I got on, I really got to feel how these boats drive and it's, it's stunning. And that's a really good example uh, when I say, if you're going to buy a boat, drive it first. If you're interested yeah. in something like this galleon, drive it, and it'll definitely drive it home for you. These got these boats handle extremely well. Yeah, and even in uh, in some shop too. I know uh, you had an opportunity to take uh, a few of these out in some well some oh, spirited yeah. conditions, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, look at that. <laughs> I love spirited conditions. That is and the, great yeah, the fact that I'm going 27 knots in this. I mean, come on. So just see when it re-enters there, there's no pounding, no slamming. It's a gentle re-entry and it just parts the water away. I, I brace for an impact that just never comes. Now I'm 32 knots in this. I mean, come on. This, it, these boats are just unbelievable. See, it just doesn't slam when it comes back down. It's a nice gentle re-entry. Wow. Well, it, makes, it makes for some great footage too. Yeah, this particular video went absolutely nuts uh, for Galleon. It's, I, I hate to use the word viral, but yeah, I kind of think it did because everybody seems to have, have seen this one when they're referencing a Galleon video. So that really drove the point home that not only are they excelling in the fit and finish department and, and attention to detail, but they really nailed it with great handling characteristics. They really did. Awesome. How many boats do you think you've tested total? Oh, gosh. <laughs> we we tried counting it one time. Um, we got over well over a thousand. It was I think it was into the fifteen hundreds, and we got the bright idea that you know maybe this actually is a, a record of of some sort. Maybe you know how how many have I done? I don't know, but it's been a lot. And we actually got the bright idea to you know make a goof out of it and call Guinness Book of Records and try and submit the number that I've tested to them. And when we had gotten to the 14, 1500 stage, we said, well, let's see if they'll take it. So we went and submitted it to them. And of course, there's a fee involved in that. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like anything. Um, but we did do that. And they came back very shortly afterwards and said, no, it's, it's not beatable. Everything not that is in the Guinness Book of Records has to be something that you can beat, um, you know, that someone else can do. And they said, no, this is not something that we can beat. So forget it. <laughs> that deserves an award right there. Turned down by the Guinness Book of Records. <laughs> well, and the, one of the reasons it's not beatable is because we started so early. Uh, you have to realize we started in 2000 uh, and, and making videos and uh, streaming them 
uh, YouTube wasn't started until 2006. We were six years before YouTube. Yep. So we've got to so start Jeff, on everybody. That's why it's not beatable. We can always be ahead. And Jeff, how are you? When I when first Fred came on board with, with Jeff, one of the first things I said was, I'm not a writer, you know. And now, gosh, some 2,000, 3,000 articles later. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not a writer, you know, Jeff. <laughs> oh, man. But Take the, the writer thing, for What I brought up before about everybody along the way teaching me, Jeff did the exact same thing uh, with writing. No article that you write is going to be good enough for Jeff. Uh, he, he would edit the Declaration of Independence, for crying out loud. <laughs> but because he's so... Um, steadfast and wanting it a certain way and improving on you, you my, it just gets better and better and better. So I'm at the point now where he doesn't edit it so much and I have a little more, you know, success rate in getting it, getting it to be published. But that wasn't the way it started by any means. You know, and he was right. When I, when I review some of those articles that I first did, it was like, ew, ew. You know, <laughs> so he, he was right. It, it well, a lot of I must say that Steve is, uh, has become a terrific writer, and he, he wasn't all that bad in the beginning, frankly. And you can teach somebody how to run a boat, but you can't teach somebody how to, to write, really. You can just polish them up, and they either have it or they don't. And Steve's one of those people that has it. Aww. Jeff, how does it, so when you get, let's say, a new boat comes to the market and uh, you know a piece of paper or an email pops up in your inbox about, we got to review this. What What are the first steps you guys take and how do you kind of go through the process of getting this out to the world? Well, the first thing we do is uh, we call the builder uh, because if the builder uh, doesn't want us to test the boat, we can't test the boat. And so uh, we, we have to get them to agree to test the boat. Uh, testing boats is very expensive. Um, first of all, the builder uh, has to make the boat available. Uh, then he has to have a captain on the boat um, for insurance reasons. He has to have his own captain. Um, uh, it, it takes fuel. Um, then we we charge uh, the builder uh, to send our crew down there because the airlines are not free, you know, hotel rooms <laughs> not free and so forth. And we've got a videographer. We have a testing captain. And, and, uh, and then... We have all the support staff uh, to put this video together, to write the article, to, to research the, the numbers. Um, and so testing is very expensive. And, and, and a, a lot of builders just don't want to pay the money. Uh, they'd rather have their sales manager walk through the boat and, and make a video. Well, we're a lot more than videos and we don't do walkthroughs, we do inspections. And we have an audience, uh, 2.7 million people a year come to boat tests uh, to, to look at our, our, our tests and our videos. And, and um, uh, we've got uh, uh, 170,000 people who read our or who receive our newsletter every day. So it's a big audience that, uh, that we address and uh, the builders just don't have it. And, um, and so that's why we we uh, fulfill an important function in marketing for them. Yeah. Well, and it always goes back to knowledge for a potential buyer is learning as much as you can about a product before you go in and say, that's the one I want. And, uh, you know, you're, we're looking here at this 380 outrage. I mean, you're learning about the features, you're learning about the functionalities, you're learning about the seaworthiness. I mean, you've seen it slice through some of those 
looks like it was a little spirited out there that day too. Uh, that was an interesting one. day to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a, yet another example. Um, I mean, anyone else wanting to get test numbers on a day like that would say, no, let's come back another day. We just forge ahead and go do it. I think uh, there's there's a few boats uh, at the top of my list for uh, to be out in rough conditions, especially center consoles. And I think a 38 Outrage is always a pretty good option when it comes to that. An absolute tank. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. They build boats so strong and solid. Um, you know, with, with the, the, the double hull and the, the, the foam infusion in it, that just, you know, makes it one solid unit. It's, they really have it together. They really and do. And we just uh, we actually just uh, interviewed Seakeeper as well, um, who it's always great to talk to them. And you're, I saw in, in, in part of your testing, you talked about the Seakeeper. And uh, you, you also stated in some of your earlier days that, I mean, how much has Seakeeper uh, become part of a, an everyday technology for a lot of boaters? Oh, it's a lot, um, especially in the larger boats. Uh, because it's so easy to use. You just flip a switch and turn it on. And it's I think it's got better at rest stabilization than you would find with um, fins. Uh, and it's just taken off. It's it's in, and I don't, I don't even know the percentage, but it's it's so common to see a Seakeeper now in a boat mm -hmm. and multiple ones in some cases. Yeah, very cool technology. All right, so Lisa, uh, toss a question their way as I bring up the next uh, video. I think we got a pretty cool one here to show. Um, I actually had a question about the Great Loop. I know we just interviewed uh, a couple customers who did the Great Loop on an Aquila catamaran, and they talked about their experience. And I was thinking, Captain Steve, since you have tested so many vessels, do you have a recommendation of a, a type of boat that you think would be an excellent, efficient boat to do the Great Loop? The key word that you use there is efficient. Um, you can you can pretty much do the Great Loop and a wide number of boats. Some are better than others, but what is more efficient is the key word. And I recently did a, a, a study by myself on that to figure out, well, first it's going to be diesel over gas and single engine would be twin engine for fuel consumption. You're generally going to be going slow because it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. So that led me into, um, well, why have a running engine at all? Why not an e-drive, an electric drive, and that kind of led me to the Green Line series of boats that, uh, you know, you have a hybrid option with Green Line to just run the boat purely off of batteries. And until you've been on one of them and actually done it, it's, it's really mind-blowing to be on the boat and it's moving along and all that you hear is the water lapping against the hull. There's no motor running, no sound at all. You can have a, a conversation. It's fascinating. It really is. And it's mind blowing. Uh, so if you've got a boat that, you know, can run on an E-drive like that, I, I think that the one I picked out was the 33, the Green Line 33. Uh, nice cabin in it, great space for sleeping people, and you can run it on an electric drive engine. Solar panels are recharging the batteries. And if you want to get a little more speed, fire up the diesel. That'll recharge the batteries. A generator will recharge the batteries. Uh, but it'll it'll run for quite a while just on the electric drive. Yeah. Cruise along, and now you're not burning any fuel. You're uh, no need to tie up to dockside power. No need to tie up to a dock at all. So if you're now going to be anchoring, you can still use uh, your refrigeration, your electricity, the lighting, air conditioning. It all you know runs off of inverters that are now 
drawing off of the battery. So it's a pretty cool setup. You can do it really efficiently that way. Yeah, that might be the wave of the future is some uh, solar paneling or, uh, you know, hybrid type boats. I think so. I mean, solar is, is still an evolving industry. Um, and you're, you're seeing it more and more. Uh, ironically enough, I just had to put on my house. So they, they came and made a pitch for that. And my bill was being reduced so much. It, it quickly went from why would I to why wouldn't I? Um, and then, you know, they just put the solar panels on my roof. Applying it into boating, it seemed it's a natural progression. And I've now been on so many of the Green Line models that have this. We pull away from the dock without ever starting an engine. It's like, this just isn't right. You know? <laughs> but it's working. It's, it's actually doing it. And, uh, you know, occasionally I'll go down there and, and see those guys again in Fort Lauderdale. And we'll go to a restaurant and just never start the engine. And that's what a lot of people do with their boats. They'll just go from A to B. You know, you're not going to go from Fort Lauderdale to the Bahamas all the time. You're going to, you know, pack up a bunch of people, go to a restaurant, go to a dockside bar, go to an anchorage, swim. It's it's a pretty neat solution for being able to do that without ever starting an engine. Nice. Jeff, what do you see are, are some of the innovations in, in the boating industry that are taking the industry by storm and changing the game? Anything come to mind? Well, I, th I think you've just talked about uh, uh, two of them. Uh, solar power uh, is being seen more on mainline uh, uh, brands. Uh, also, the electric uh, slash motor generator, uh, where it, it you know it's a motor and it's also a generator. Uh, that that makes real sense. I think the key here is uh, the advancement of battery technology. And so uh, thanks to Elon Musk and others, uh, battery technology is getting better. And that, that's a big, that's going to be a big help. Um, I right now we're seeing day boating uh, is taking off and it's been taking off for a number of years. Um, and, and, and so that has been the trend, but I, uh, I think there's a good possibility that this, this COVID-19, uh, Pandemic, pandemic will get us back to where we were in the 50s and 60s as far as using boats as a summer cottage, as a way of getting away, as a vacation retreat. And, and frankly, the last five years or so, we have been, uh, I call it Europeanized because uh, Europeans don't use their boats uh, for cruising particularly. Uh, they sit on, on the back of them and have dinner at the dock and they, they take them out uh, at 10 in the morning, uh, uh, go five miles and anchor off a beach and lay in the sun and then go back at five for cocktail. So mm -hmm. basically that's how an express cruiser is used in, in, in Europe to a great degree. Whereas the tradition in the United States was to, to use the boat for cruising and to go to a destination and to anchor out overnight and, and to bring the family or uh, maybe a couple of couples would do it. I think, and I'm hoping, and we're certainly supporting the concept of uh, boating getting back to uh, using the boat more uh, as, as a retreat and as a way of recreation rather than just be a day boat. Yeah. We've been going back to endless staycation. Endless staycation? Yeah. All right. I know... Um, 
Do we have one more boat test we want to walk through the Ocean Alexander 100? Let's do yeah, that before we run out of time here. All right, so let's bring this in. I'll disappear once again. And uh, I mean, this is a pretty amazing boat. The Ocean Alexander lineup is uh, is incredible. So, so uh, Evan, I mean, Sparkman and Stevens was uh, from, from the mid 30s until uh, really the late 80s. Uh, Sparkman and Stevens was the the greatest uh, design house in in the world for for yachts of uh, of all types, and that's where Evan got his his start and his education. And so he brought to that, and the company was known for making boats seaworthy. They never cut corners, and so uh, you can see that in Evan's designs. Everything is designed to be seaworthy. Um, he doesn't take flyers, um, and everything is strong and, and so forth, but, uh, he lives in London and London for the last oh, 20 years has been the place for big yacht designers. And, uh, they've been doing incredible things. It was started by John Bannenberg, uh, maybe 30 years ago. And so he's there, he's part of that, that club. And so his boats are innovative as well. And so I'd say that's the biggest thing that uh, that I've I've seen. And but now uh, now there is a a new trend uh, sweeping Europe, and that's the blunt bow uh, max cube interior. And uh, and so so uh, Ocean Alexander's jumped on that. So they uh, and here we have a picture of one. That's the new design, and that's an Evan K Marshall design. And um, and they're pretty pretty exciting. Yeah, I think, uh, and it totally, um, you know, they Ocean Alexander tended to be a bit more traditional, and this is, you know, when this debuted, I, it clearly turned a lot of heads. And uh, and now the fact that they they're expanding the lineup of the Revolution series to multiple, I believe, uh, of course, the eighty four now, and I know that they're going bigger too. So I we, we're looking forward to seeing that as well. So. Um, beautiful, beautiful boats, This uh, the, the Revolution series. And these bring up another um, thing that we bring to the table that you just won't find it anywhere else. We're actually driving these boats right from yeah. the dock. And most of the time, it's if somebody comes to review a boat, it's you don't get to touch it until we're out into open water and nothing's around for miles, then go ahead and take the wheel. Um, but other right. than that, it, it just doesn't happen typically. And that's a neat thing because we're actually boat operators. We're drivers. We've been doing it all our lives. We're not just, you know, interior decorators. Uh, <laughs> yes. Let me say that I've, I've seen cases uh, where uh, Steve has taken uh, mega yachts out of their tight slips. And by tight, I mean maybe six or eight inches on either side out into the new river in Fort Lauderdale. And the current there is, is treacherous. Uh, and the boat builders will just... Uh, turn the keys over to uh, to Steve. You never see that uh, uh, <laughs> with anybody else, and 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 because uh, he he's an expert at it, and he also knows the New River uh, better than most. Uh, same thing in in Can. We we saw that uh, one of the builders there said, you know, uh, yeah. In in Can, there was a situation where uh, I was bringing a seventy footer in in med mooring it right in between two other boats and it was so narrow guys had to be at the stern and just push the two yachts away <laughs> so we could squeeze it in 
And on the dock were a lot of, I mean, it was a press event. It was flat out a press. Yeah. Everybody was here to review the boat. And here's this yep. guy driving the boat. And, you know, they got into some heated arguments. You know, well, why can't we do that? Why can't I drive it? And you're like, because you can't. That's, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> so what that's we've been doing. That's a thing to be able to bring to the table that I actually yeah. get to drive these cool boats, um, these these world-renowned boats, and, and show them to the world in a unique way. And that's really a cool part of being involved with boat test that we bring to the table. Yeah, I, I think, uh, Steve, another thing that sets us apart is that I've been fortunate enough to own uh, uh, boats of all different sizes. And when you when you actually own a boat uh, and have to deal with its problems and the difficulties and uh, how it's built, uh, what was done right, what was not done uh, so well, uh, then it gives you a different approach to boats as you review them. Uh, I, I had a, a, a 55 foot convertible for, for 10 years, took it all over the East coast. Uh, uh, and I even built a, a 92 footer. And so when you have those experiences, you, you look at boats differently. And of course it's our job to impart our experience and knowledge onto the people that are reading our reviews. That's great. What what piece of uh, knowledge would you give? Uh, so what we've been doing lately is is boat uh, boating tips live. Uh, so we're kind of giving some of our captains giving tips to people um, that get into boating, especially docking. I mean, docking is always uh, one of the number one things people ask about. What's one tip that you could give a, a relatively new boater in terms of docking to not get too frazzled? Don't approach the dock any faster than you want to hit the dock. Um, that would be the, the, the number one piece of advice. But people seem to have a lot of issues with, with current running when they're docking their boat. And the way I like to describe it is if when you were a kid and you were driving in the car and you stuck your hand out the car window and you just, you know, wave your hand up and down in the breeze. If you approach docking the same way uh, as a current and just let the boat drift back and forth in the current and just one of those moments of drifting will bring you right to the dock and then you can tie it up um, and not look at the current as being your enemy, but make it part of what you're doing and how you're doing it. It works out a lot better and you can do the same thing with wind. Um, let the wind bring you to the dock or make the wind, you know, make the boat behave like your hand in, in the wind sticking it out the window. Just ease it up to the dock by using that wind. Use the current. Make it make it your friend, and it works. That's a great That's piece good. of uh, information there. Yeah, Jeff. Anything to add? Tips on boating, boating or docking? Uh, well, the, the thing that amuses me is that uh, uh, in the beginning, when joysticks came out, uh, Captain Steve didn't want to use them, and <laughs> we have to remind ourselves all the time that for. Uh, nearly a hundred years, uh, nobody was using, nobody, there were no joysticks. So everybody was docking a boat with either a single screw or twin screws. Of course, it's very easy with twin screws. And, uh, and it's frankly just a matter of having good instruction and then practice. Yeah. So practice is the, the one thing that I really took away there. People, you know, just go out and just continue to repeat until you can perfect. And if you're doing it with a joystick, move the joystick, try docking the boat while moving the joystick the fewest amount of times. It's not a video game. You're not cranking and <laughs> easy on the stick, small movements and fewer movements. 
Yes. You, you right, heard well. it here first. Easy on the sticks. <laughs> That's good. Well, excellent. I mean, obviously so much information uh, coming out of BoatTest.com. We've covered uh, just a fraction of what you can see on the website. So I highly encourage all our viewers to go to BoatTest.com, uh, do some searching around, hit up that virtual boat show. Uh, I think let's get some, some final thoughts. Um, Jeff, what is on the calendar for BoatTest.com? What can we see coming next? Well, um, one of the things we're, we're getting involved with is uh, uh, invitation only boat shows. Uh, one of the one of the problems uh, in boating for the boating industry is the high cost of marketing. Uh, boat shows are remarkably expensive, and uh, particularly the big ones, mm -hmm. and takes up eighty percent in most cases of a builder's budget. And and so we are uh, co-sponsoring a boat show in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut called the, the Steel Point Yacht and uh, Charter Show. And the, the costs of builders and dealers putting their boats in there uh, is definitely uh, a lot less. And uh, the whole idea, and, and this show is invitation only. So we are inviting all boat test members um, uh, there are other groups that are being invited uh, who are wealthy individuals, uh, sports stars, celebrities, and that sort of thing. Uh, we, we, we worked with uh, a company called uh, Showpiece Shows that put on a show like this in Stanford, our home base, uh, last year. It was very successful. We had uh, 3,500 people there, um, which is considered a very small group. Uh, and it is, but they bought boats, and that's uh, what we care about. And it wasn't expensive uh, for the people, uh, the builders trying to sell the boat. So uh, that's one thing we're behind. And I think this COVID 19 uh, situation fits in beautifully with that because at the, the show, which will be uh, June 19th to 21st in Bridgeport in a brand new, modern, state of the art marina. Uh, uh, the people's temperature will be taken with a thermal uh, gun. Um, uh, masks will be handed out, gloves. Uh, social distancing will be uh, done on the boats and uh, only one group on at a time, one family group. And and so the plus there won't be a lot of people there in the first place because it'll be by invitation only. So uh, I think that's a sign of the times. I, it's it's going to be the first show that's opened in the in, uh, after this uh, lockdown, and so uh, we're we're going to learn a lot. Uh, but for the next couple of years, this might be uh, the way things happen. And anyway, we are we are supporting this. We're co-sponsoring it, uh, helping them in any way we can. And there'll be a fall show as well, same place in September. And, and so um, I think you're going to see more of these. I, I think that the big, major, expensive boat shows, um, I think that they're, they're on the wane. They've seen their peak. And uh, people will be using now the Internet uh, to, to research boats and see boats and then go to the dealers. I mean, the dealers are key. It, it, before boat shows, they were the, were the dealers. And so in many respects, we're going to go back to the future. Uh, people zero in 
uh, on the internet. That's what they do with boat tests. They zero in on two or three boats and they've got, they don't need to see the others. And so it's very easy to go to two or three builders or dealers and, and see those boats and, and uh, have a good personal relationship with the dealer, cut your deal. I, I think that the big boat shows are, 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 are going to uh, diminish in, in uh, power. And, and um, so that's what I see the f- future being. And, and we want to be in, t- <laughs> we want to be in the forefront as always of the new trend. And so that's why we're uh, involved with this. Well, I always do say that, uh, that our, our stores are like boat shows, right? I mean, when you go to a, a Marimac store and you see all of those boats right out on the docks, I mean, you can walk through and, and uh, it's like a boat show uh, in your local area. So you make well, a good point right. there. And, and the Marimax has so many different brands uh, that it, it, it certainly is a boat show. Definitely. Well, it'll be interesting to see um, how that works out with the, the structure of the show. So we'll we'll have to talk to you after after uh, you you actually experience it in person yep. and see your thoughts on that. Um, well, I mean this this has been great. I really really thank you both for uh, for joining us today, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Steve. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, no. I'm th- well, I say no, but I, I can always come <laughs> up with something as I do. <laughs> uh, you know it, this COVID-19 has taught me that it's kind of hard to look um, to the future and, you know, what, what am I going to, what's going to be next for Captain Steve? I don't know what's going to be next. I'm worried about what's going to happen tomorrow for Captain Steve. Um, Cape Cod, we're coming into the summertime. And, you know, the big question on my mind is, are we going to have a summer on Cape Cod? Um, this is the time where I start looking forward to um, doing some commercial work uh, on weekends when I'm not working for boat tests. And, you know, running high-speed ferries, uh, party fishing boats, things like that. Well, now the big question is, will they be running? Um, as of right now, the answer is no. Uh, so I hope that changes, you know, soon and we can get back to business and doing things the way we used to do it and get back to doing what I really like to do. In the meantime, I, I'm really looking forward to getting back to doing the traveling that I do for boat tests and, and getting on boats and testing them. It's, it's what I love to do. Somehow I found a niche of, of doing something that I love, you know, and it works. Well, you're nailing it. That's for sure. And I think oh, thank you. <laughs> you're, uh, you're celebrating an anniversary as a captain. I am. Uh, I just got my uh, license renewed. Uh, you have to renew your captain's license every five years. So I just now got my renewal. 40 years right now. 40 years. I just had yeah. to I had to bring this picture in. I thought this was a really cool shot to you, Captain Steve. Uh that's a, a aboard a hundred foot mega yacht in Cannes, France. So I think uh, very cool. And it's uh, neat that, that there's so much travel with boat tests. It's taken me around the world, and it's that there's a lot to like about this job. There really is. And you know, when I was working on the uh, the boats here on Cape Cod, of course, it's seasonal here. So every season, I would you know be out of work in this area. <laughs> this, <laughs> another Boston Whaler action shot out the water. Yeah. Um, but when I would be out of work here, I would end up going to Florida or anywhere down south and just freelance on different boats. And it would be something different all the time. And who knew that would you know, build a foundation for running so many different boats for boat tests? Every one of them is different. And it's nice being able to get on it and just jump right into it and do it and do it right rather than take a long learning curve and, and get to know the boat. I, I don't have that kind of time. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it's built, you know, the, the foundation, who knew it would take me where it, 
where it has. It's been a good ride. Well, it's been an exciting one. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting one. Uh, Jeff, how about you? Do you have any final thoughts on today? No, I I, I think that uh, uh, Steve pretty well summed it up. We're we're all entering a a, a new era, and uh, people are saying that life will never be the same again. And I think that's that's probably true. And um, all we have to do is adapt. Exactly. Wise yeah. words. And I mean, we are in 2020. And so congratulations on a 20 year anniversary for both. Thank us. you. Thank you We're very much. Major anniversaries here. Well, good. Um, again, thank you both so much for joining us, taking time out of your day to, to speak with the people, even though we're not in person, we're utilizing technology and making it happen anyway. Um, for all the viewers, make sure you visit votetest.com. Tons of yep. information there. Uh, you can also find them on social media at votetest.com. And I know Captain Steve has his own social media too, is at the Captain Steve. Uh, so find him on YouTube. Um, so much to look out for, uh, so much information. If you're shopping for a boat, I highly recommend you, you take a look at boattest.com and have that guide you through your journey. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you guys. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's really great being here. Being with we you. hope to see you out on the water soon. <laughs> <laughs> here. How about this? Let's let Steve, uh, let's let him uh, take oh, us out. Yeah. All right, for take us out. I'm Captain Steve. I'll see you on the water.